Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Welcome back to the Unstressed Mama podcast. Uh, Today we have a recurring guest, Dawn Haywood. Um, So she has been with us a few times now and she comes on and talks to us about uh, all of the different chakras. Um, And so um, Dawn is, uh, oh, remind me of your hours, 200 hour, 300 hour. Both. I actually just finished my 300 hour uh, yoga teacher training back in March from my vinyasa practice. I was, I did it totally online. Uh, it was an amazing experience and it really deepened my understanding and connection to yoga and the chakras. And just, it just, it gave me exposure to different, different ways of teaching and um, different other di- different styles that my 200 hour hadn't really um, focused on. And I've met an amazing community of people and really, which has really shaped um, my, my journey since then and, and my business as well. Awesome. I thought you had upped your certification level since maybe the last time we recorded. Oh, it's been a while since we've had you on. Uh, right. Summer schedules and time zones yes. and all kinds of yes. things. <laughs> uh, so welcome back. We're, we're glad to have you, you back. Um, and so we're working through the chakra series. So we have talked about three of them, two of them so far. Two of them so far. Right. I think the first week was just an intro. Yep. Right. So it's our first time. time together where we did like a brief overview of like what is a chakra. Um, and so then we've talked about the root chakra and the neck, which is red. The root chakra was red. And then the second chakra is the sacral chakra, which is chakra. orange, orange. And today we're going to talk about the solar plexus, which was yes. yellow. It is. Yay. All right. So there's some colors there. And I think Allison had had a question previously about the colors. Would you like to start with the colors? I would love to. And it's actually really good. Um, you know, they, all things work out for a reason. And I've come across a few additional sources since our last um, time together. And it's interesting that the colors, um, the colored chakra system is actually a relatively new phenomena. It was uh, created, implemented, sort of brought into the union with the chakra system uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s by a Western, by Western um, not philosophers, but but Western um, practitioners. And it was partially in response to the black and white of life and to bring in a little bit of color. There's also some talk that the use of of the uh, colored system, it actually does mimic the rainbow. So that's why I I Melissa, I I smiled when you you talked about guessing and guessing the next color was yellow because Reggie Biv. 
um, and we're working our way up the rainbow. And the, some of the mythological, um, there's a lot of mythology on the rainbow. So it, it's a way of bringing a, un, a union between East and West and drawing on uh, symbolism from other cultures. Um, but what's interesting is this isn't a native Indian concept. So the um, Indian, the, the foundation of the yogic systems, which include the chakras, come from, uh, traditionally come from India. And in India, they, they or the, the history is the focus on the channels in the body. So you have a central channel that runs from the crown of your head all the way down to the bottom of your pelvis coincidentally aligning with the seven energy centers at the base of the, at the, base of the pelvis, the uh, two inches below your belly button, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, your third eye, and your crown. I think that was seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. So you work from the base, which are the darker colors, theoretically, the, the grounding chakras in the, um, the root, the, sol the sacral and the solar plexus, and then you transition up into the more ethereal uh, chakras at the further up you go. Very interesting how it's that, it, that the colors align um, in their seven and so forth, but yet it was not in the original, like, development of, I don't want to say like the yogic systems, like you said, because I feel like they didn't just say, hey, let's come up with this. It was for like years of piecing things together a long time ago. Right. And, and there, and there is a movement to really um, draw people back into the roots of yoga and to help them understand that there's more to yoga than what you see in a, in a gym. Mm. So and we've talked about that before as well. Um, like you, everyone, you do yoga every day. I think, it, I think we talked about that in, um, it's either the intro one or the root chakra one. Um, right. We're really doing it every day, whether we know we're doing it or not. So, right. Well, all right, so could you talk to us about the solar plexus? Sure, I'd love to. So the Indian, the Sanskrit uh, name for this chakra is Manapura. I actually like that. It's just kind of a nice roll off the tongue. It's, as Melissa mentioned, the color, the symbolic color is yellow. The element is fire. So it is you know, stoking the fires and, and really is the uh, foundation of the, ident the ident ego identity. So, um, and the orientation of the chakra is to self-definition. This is where in the developmental process, um, one, you are, you're really developing um, who you are because the developmental ages, and, and this is something actually that I've learned since our last um, time together, is that each chakra is associated, or the development of each chakra is associated with a specific or relatively um, 
broad uh, time band of your age. So for this chakra is when the children, the child is moving away from being dependent on the parent and, and really identifying solely with a parent, usually the mother, and moving into more independence. So the ages um, that are typically associated with that development are 18 months to four years. So as moms, we can kind of think about well where where our where our kids are um, in that in those stages and remembering some of us are remembering back to those ages when the children are imposing their will and are really um, trying to find push the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Um, so we all have trauma, um, and with the with the solar plexus, um, the first of all, the location is is in the solar plexus. So it's that area right above your belly button, um, between just below your ribs. So it's you can't see me, but um, so it's that big circle of air around really where your um, your belly, where your stomach is is um, physically located. And the um, the purpose is to is transformative. And when you're unbalanced, you could feel physical sensations such as the um, the tummy butterflies. Um, so if you're feeling unsettled in this area or in that solar plexus, it, sometimes it manifests down into the um, sacral chakra as well, that whole area. Um, it usually means that um, the, the uh, solar plexus is, is a bit unbalanced or blocked. Um, you, may, um, you may feel like um, your body, when because the body holds trauma and we all have, like I said before, we all have trauma and the, the specific traumas associated with the solar plexus are shaming. Um, there's a number of them, but for example, they're shaming, volatile situations, a domination of will and physical abuse. I wanna preface by saying nothing I'm saying here, it should be used as a diagnosis. Um, these, are, these are simply uh, facts that have been put together by different researchers. And I know I haven't gotten this in depth uh, before, but I read a great book, um, Eastern Body, Western Mind, and it goes into, it's about, it's really thick, uh, about 400 pages. And it goes into more detail about um, each of the chakras and each of these different traumas or abuses and how they impact a child's development and how as adults, we manifest some of these um, these traumas if they're they're um, not dealt not I don't want to say not dealt with but not addressed and healed as you as you move through life you could totally heal from them it's like anything um, it's really just I once you identify what's going on in your body or you have an idea of what could be going on in your body then you could take steps to to um, to address them. And I'm by no means a psychologist, a counselor. I just, I can, I can help you through the journey of opening your mind to the possibility that these things exist. Um, but I don't want anybody to think, to start self-diagnosing. Um, 
because of what I'm saying. So, yeah. Thanks for adding that disclaimer in there um, about the diagnosis. But, you know, at some point we've all had the butterflies in our stomach um, and that, you know, usually happens when you're about to do something like new for the first time and it's like transforming from like, this was me and now I'm going to do this new thing and I'll be someone new. And obviously those are like big steps, but you know, you can take a small example of like before we started recording, we we're just chatting and um, like, I'm not a swimmer. Like I've always been able to swim. And even just for me to go to my neighborhood pool, when there's like two other people there to go swimming was like nervous for me to be able to go and like swim. Cause I'm like, the lifeguards are going to watch me. Like, they're going to be like, she's such an awful swimmer. And I'm like, but I, anyway, anyway, in that case, I like at the be- in June this year, when I started swimming once a week, I'm like, got butterflies in my stomach about like going to the pool and getting in. And I'm like, just get in and get over it. And now I'm a novice swimmer. Hey, when I went to a new pool this morning, it was a little, I was a little nervous, but I didn't have full on butterflies. Cause I was like, I I don't think I'm going to like choke and need assistance. I think I've made it past that point. So I'm good now, but um, yeah, every, you know, you've had butterflies in your stomach. I like that association with like your identity and who you are. Right. And and really the body does tell you what's going on. It really is um, the first point where you can start to have an idea that something isn't right in your body, whether it's a a physical manifestation of a a trauma or if it's a um, emotional response to something that's going on, Um, the body does store all of our experiences, good and bad. And with when a, the, the, the third chakra is blocked, sometimes, and even for the heart chakra, so we'll talk, talk more about this next time, but you kind of feel that really um, protection, that you're protecting yourself. And um, it can be scary to work on opening and one thing I've noticed and and some of my students have told me is when we're working on those heart openers and opening, it can be very um, scary to start to feel things that you haven't felt because you're opening areas of your body that you've held tightly so for so long. So that's another beautiful part about a yoga, a full yoga practice is not only are you studying the tools and techniques that that um, can help you understand how energy moves in your body, with the, which is what the chakra system is, but you, you're moving. So you're opening your body up in ways and using our body um, differently. And you're um, learning to, and meditation, you're learning to focus on the breath and training the mind to um, give itself permission to stop thinking about things all the time and just, just to, to slow down. And then with pranayama, with breathing, you're just learning to can, to more deeply connect your breath and use the breath to expand the space around your lungs. So those are the physical pieces. And then you've got 
lifestyle and other parts of the eight limbs of, of yoga. So it's a, the beautiful thing about yoga and, and really it's so easy to adapt and incorporate the, the principles and philosophies into what you're doing already. Um, and really the simplest thing is to stop, inhale for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, and you just did yoga and you've given your body and brain a, a moment to reset itself. You know, when my daughter gets really worked up and I'm like, you, you need to like take a breath. Let's like take a big deep breath and calm down. And like, it works. I didn't know we were doing yoga. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's the great, that's a great way to unstress breathing, connecting to your breath, your breath is always with you. And just by, by noticing the breath is a way to reset the parasympathetic nervous system and to act actually to activate it. So you're cut coming out of the sympathetic nervous system, which is what's driving the stress. And you're um, allowing the body and mind to break that pattern of habitual, constant moving, 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 moving which is good for everybody. Yeah. I, I tend to move and move and move and then crash. Um, not physically crash, but fall asleep crash. <laughs> uh, like if I stop moving, you know, and growing up, my dad was like that too. He would like go all day. And as soon as like we had dinner and he would sit down after dinner with like the newspaper, he fall asleep. Like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, he had a hard long day. But I'm the same way. Like if I'm not actively doing something, the likelihood of a regular TV show. Now, Netflix is getting really good these days of capturing my attention. I won't lie. But a regular TV <laughs> show that's on, if I'm not doing something else to also keep my mind, um, which that's a whole other thing we can talk about later, um, that I've started to realize, like if my mind's not focusing on like two things at a time, I go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, obviously not if I'm standing up, but you know, if I'm sitting on the couch, I go to sleep. I'm like I'm starting to think that there might be some other underlying things going on. Um, I was talking about this, this exact thing for myself with my girlfriend yesterday. And you talk about like taking a breath and resetting and clearing your mind. I'm like, I don't do that. I can't do that because I can't even get to like one thing. Cause even one thing I, anyway, she was saying the same thing, how she can't get her mind to stop thinking And there. It's not always, you know, gloom and doom thoughts. It's just the mind's ticking. Like I go through calendar, like my calendar, like what's got to go on this week. Who's got to do what, who's, which between my husband and me, who's doing pickup on this day and this day and what sports we have this week. And then when, when are my meetings? Did I have to prepare for anything? Like what calls do I have? And it's just pretty much how my mind thinks all the time. Right. And, and that's a great example of how many of us live our lives. And I was, I was there. I mean, there are, there are times that I'm doing the same thing. I will be multitasking. It drives my husband crazy. I'll be on the phone and the TV is going and I'm not usually paying, I'm paying more attention to my phone than I am to the TV, but I pay attention enough to annoy them because I ask questions because I'm not paying attention to the TV. So it's, it's, it's been our 
training, our upbringing, that it's acceptable and and it's desired to be constantly moving and we're not productive when we're sitting. But with um, with um, with the um, with the, the the philosophy of yoga is to reframe that way of thinking and to learn that it is okay and actually it's really beneficial for your body scientifically there's several scientific studies i don't have any of them at my fingertips to tell you which ones but there are a lot of newer studies that are coming out now that are showing the benefits to the brain the neuro the neural pathways the neuro um, nervous system that slowing down and really linking movement to your breath and just not that power yoga, but, but the slower paced yogas like, um, a, a slow, a slow flow, which is half the pace of an athletic flow class that you would see in, a, in the gym or a yin or restorative, um, chair yoga, you're seeing just a lot more options um, in the yoga world now, because we've, we as teachers are starting to understand all the benefits that this can, can bring to, to people, um, in general. So trying to take it out of the stereotypical yoga that you see on Instagram. Well, and the stereotypical yoga is actually easier for me than the slower yoga. Um, when I, when, when I probably, cause my mind, I, I have time to think and then my mind goes and, and then you have to hold poses a little longer. Um, but when I go from, when I try to do a slow flow, I'm struggling a lot. Well, let's just a lot more than I'm doing the faster flow. And actually, and that's a good point, Melissa. Thank you for, for raising that because I was exactly the same way. If you asked me 16 and a half years ago, actually, yeah, about that long ago, I, I told people, I said, um, I don't want to do yoga. I never want to do yoga. It's too slow for me. And I started in Pilates and it wasn't actually, it was almost 20 years ago. Um, but I ended up having a ton of back pain with our second child and I started um, doing just a prenatal yoga tape every night. And um, interestingly, the poses in that video are a lot of the ones that I do in my classes. So child's pose and gentle twists and, and side bends and, and, and things like that. And I never in a million years would have thought that yoga I would be doing yoga. And I started in a more um, power style. I started with what they call Bikram yoga, which is in a super hot room, 26 poses. You do hold them. But what I, I, I loved when I walked out of there was how calm I felt. So even though the poses themselves were physically difficult, the benefit to me was the opportunity for my body to slow down and actually reef, uh, giving it an opportunity to, to feel better just by opening up and slowing down. And 
the slower practices are actually very beneficial when you do have a, a, an active lifestyle and you're doing the more um, power flow classes or the yang practices. Um, so you need that balance. Um, so it, it is, it's something that's hard for people to understand or, or want to do. But if you think about it, if you have a really good night's sleep, how do you feel the next day? It's that same kind of concept. That makes sense. Let's um, welcome Allison. So uh, I did mention in the beginning how it'd been a while since we met and managing schedules. And you know, the four of us are in four different time zones uh, when we have Dawn as a guest. So uh, we had it all in our calendar and we're already about half of us thought, it was in the evening versus the morning. This is where military time comes in really handy. Um, I don't have to worry about AM and PM, but Allison was like, oh, I thought it was this evening and same with Kelsey. Um, and Kelsey had a conflict, but Allison has just hopped on. So good morning, Allison. How are you? Good morning. Good. I was, I actually had another meeting that I was on and wasn't even looking at my phone and I saw it and said, Oh my gosh. Well, before we started recording, I was like, Allison is usually up and working already at this time of yeah. day. So I was surprised you hadn't seen the message yet. Mm -hmm. um, so we did already answer your question though about the rainbow colors. Oh, okay. I'll have to listen in to hear the answer. Um, and we kind of digressed and talked about yoga in general from the solar plexus. So we should probably go back to the solar plexus. Yeah. I was catching that as I logged on and I am the opposite of you, Melissa. I do much better with slower poses. And in fact, when it is moving really fast, I end up getting angry because I'm like, what? I, I, I wasn't even in that one yet. Now, what are we doing? I can't even do that. And then I just stop. And then I think the point of yoga is to be relaxing, right? And I end up being angry. So slow yoga, definitely better for me. <laughs> Well, and, and Allison, you kind of touched um, on another one of my challenges or one of the challenges I see in, in a traditional or a Western style yoga power class in the gyms is you are, you're moving so fast and they don't have the opportunity to really give new students that one-on-one -on -one where you get, where you get a little bit more information about each pose and the benefits. And um, so I'm, I'm working to change that and to really um, offer some opportunities for newer students to learn more about the individual poses, how to get into those individual poses and then how to link them together. So it's definitely, I see that's something that's not always available to people, so. I can see that being a huge benefit as a beginner who wants to get into yoga. You know, it's like Allison said, you know, I feel like the instructor I had gone to, like all, she was the only one I really went to pre, well, pre COVID. Um, she was like in between. So like she did, I feel like she did a little bit. She did some of the descriptions of what this was for and we held the pose for a little bit. So I didn't feel like I was always going from one to the next without a break, but I wasn't in there like super long, um, 
thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can hold this anymore. And now I'm thinking about, do I need to pee? And should I, am I going to make it through this? What do I have to do after this? Oh, I'm going to have to hurry up. You know, like that whole, and there's like too much time for me to think in this lower ones. Well, at this point, at that point in my life, I haven't honestly done yoga for a long time and I should, but it's one of those where I just don't. Um, however, uh, the woman I had, the instructor I had, I feel like wasn't super fast that didn't give us the opportunity to get in the pose. And she did describe stuff about like the heart opener and energy. She got me LinkedIn of like, I love her because she talks about the pelvic floor. And, you know, it's one of the things that like, as a mom, and she, I don't believe she had children, but she talked about the pelvic floor and I was like, oh, she knows what the pelvic floor is. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can generally, you find those kind of styles more often in the yoga studios. Um, and you may find a class, you may be lucky enough to find a class in your gym um, where the instructor is more focused on the spiritual side, not, and I don't mean chanting and, and that piece, I mean, more connected to what Melissa you're talking about and offering a little bit more information um, than just focusing on the workout itself. So it can, it can vary. Um, but back to the solar plexus, um, Melissa, you had mentioned to me, um, when we were talking about this topic, you had re remembered in a movie how oftentimes the when there's a fight that the protagonist like will go for that solar plexus, and I thought that was so cool because um, the identity is the ego. So when you're you're punching somebody in the gut, you're almost signaling that to that victim. I don't like that word, but to the, the person being, um, being injured, that you're not worthy, that I'm, I'm going to exert my will over you. And by doing that, I'm going to punch you in the gut and make you completely melt and, and, and crumble to, to my will. So I thought that was kind of an interesting um, personification almost of what the um solar plexus the third chakra stands for you know when you were going through like what it was because i wasn't going to look it up because you were going to tell me um but you know when we talked before about what would, i was like all i know about the solar plexus that's where people like to hit each other <laughs> and um when you said about the ego i was putting that together in my head i'm like oh that makes sense at least like saying it punch them in the gut kind of taking away who they are in a sense. Like, like I don't even, don't know about the term I want to own you more of like take away from you sort of reference. Right. right. And the ways some of the poses um, that you can use to balance or, or create more awareness in the solar plexus are usually the warrior series. So warrior one, warrior two, um, warrior three, you know, really coming into the ground, grounding your feet, pulling the front of the body up um, into the heart space and really just um, standing tall and standing proud. Um, so it's, it's um, 
it's definitely um, a lot of just a lot of strengthening the core. So sit-ups, um, core work, that all plays into um, strengthening and, and releasing um, Brock, uh, blockages in the chakra. So um, I, I kind of started talking about um, the emotional or what happens when um, this, this chakra is blocked. We kind of digressed into other um, conversations, but um, when you are emotionally blocked in this chakra, if you don't have enough ego, you're going, you tend to have low energy, low self-esteem. You have a victim mentality, tend to manipulate others. When you have too much of the ego, it manifests in being manipulative, uh, the need to be right, having the last word and some stubbornness. So um, those are a handful of the, the different types of uh, manifestations of when you are in either excess, which means you have too much of the, um, the chakra, or if you don't have enough. And, and the ideal is to come somewhere in the be beginning where, or in the middle, sorry, um, where, where you are, um, you have a healthy sense of ego, but you also have openness in the lower chakras. So you have a good relationship to other people, you have connections, um, and, and they all build on each other. So um, if the other two chakras are, are off, uh, your solar plexus may also um, have some work to do to kind of balance the lower half of the body. Interesting. Can So as you were saying those traits about not, a, not enough or too much, I could see that all of those in me at different times. So can you go back and forth from too much to not enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, um, and that's in life. Um, and really that's, um, there will be times that you're so stimulated, um, or you may be reacting to situations around you. Maybe you're with people that that uh, created this pattern of um, trauma. Um, Allison, we talked a little bit about the, um, the what causes the um, third chakra to become unbalanced. It's usually um, shaming, volatile situations, a domination of will and physical abuse. Those are just a few of them. And, uh, and they, they start, um, you start forming these uh, perceptions and these feelings between 18 months and four years old. So just a little recap of, uh, we got into more detail earlier, but um, yes, yeah, so there'll, there'll be times where you may find you're in a situation where you um, are deficient because you're holding back or um, the people around you could be draining your energy. You're just giving, 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 and you're getting nothing in return. Um, or you're, um, or if you're in a, a situation where um, you have fallen into a place of where you become, can become manipulative or stubborn. Um, so I can see you can definitely go back and forth, especially as you move 
uh, through life when you're still trying to figure all this stuff out um, for yourself and you don't necessarily know why you're reacting a certain way could or is it because you're a teenager or a young adult and, and just establishing that um you know rebellion or just pushing the limits of figuring out what what how you want to live your the rest of your life and that doesn't mean you can't change because we all can change if we choose to that's good to know <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, uh, having practiced yoga before the warrior series is what's most familiar to me. Um, and so, I mean, I guess obviously like a sun salutation and then into like a warrior series. Um, talking about obviously the question of solar plexus and like getting like a punch to the gut and to strengthen that is the warrior series, which also, you, know, you think warrior, you think fighting. So like you can combat the punch with the warrior series that like I don't know if that was all intentional but it works out really well um uh, kind of like in a mental way to connect it of like I want to strengthen you know my identity with this warrior series and it's one of my favorite ones to do probably because I've done it the most so it's the easiest one for me to do and I just that connection I thought was really neat that the warrior series was getting punched in the gut Um, and having, so I'm, this is kind of hard for me because I don't want to repeat something you may have already <laughs> talked about, but I have a lot of, um, issues with my GI tract. And as you're talking a lot of these things that you're talking about with this chakra are really hitting home for me and seeing things that are happening in my everyday life. And I, it makes me wonder if those issues are all related somewhat. Yeah. And they, and they may be, and you know, it is, this is always something I, that is good to repeat because the body does store everything, all your experiences, physical and mental. And the, um, the GI tract, you know, is, is huge and it may be, um, there may be, some store some things that are storing in your um in your sacral chakra or the root chakra that are that when they um, become activated when you are put in a situation that is uncomfortable um those feelings may start to start rumbling and actually that's a good thing if if your body is talking to you whether it's good or bad it does mean that you have done something or you're in a situation that your body is telling you, okay, it could be danger, danger, danger. It could be danger signals, or it could be, okay, this is a possible, an opportunity for you to take a leap, a, a leap. Melissa was talking about fear earlier. Um, and, you know, to an opportunity to face that fear, to overcome that fear. And it is, and that's the beauty of this practice is it gives you the space. Um, well, I give you a safe space to sit with that discomfort and to know that by walking through that discomfort, you're going to come out on the other side even stronger. And that's not to say if you have serious medical conditions, I really encourage you to seek medical treatment. Um, you know, this, the yoga practice is 
completely compatible with all of Western medicine. In fact, there is, uh, or there are a lot of people who are starting to realize that. Um, so I absolutely encourage you if you are having health issues to get them checked out, but you can also at the same time explore meditation or slowing down, slowing practices just to help, if nothing else, teach the muscles around your um, your body, around your GI, GI tract, around your stomach, around the solar plexus, around the pelvis to relax and release because we hold, 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 hold. And I know we've talked about this in other in other uh, conversations over, over time um, that the difference it makes when you allow the body to unravel and to sit and sit in that, not only the stillness, but the release of those muscles that you've been holding, 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 holding. Um, this is interesting for me. I think I had talked on one of our past episodes about how when I went to the first physical therapist for issues with my back, they recommended yoga and they had yoga classes at their location. So they were already tied together with that. But also um, right now I'm going through some coaching with my nutrition and it's a very high um, protein plan, low sugar, low carb, very high protein. And they're talking all about how this is all tied together to kind of what you were just saying, how, you know, everything in your body is tied together and your body will react and tell you all these things. And it's, it's always interesting when we have these chakra series with you for me, because I don't know anything about them, probably like a lot of our listeners. And I listen to you talk and it's, um, it ties together things in my life that are already have like, oh, wow. Um, I really need to be doing these things because it would probably help with this other thing that I'm doing and this other thing. Yeah, thank you, Allison. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's everyone knows that this is stuff they want to do. It's really a matter of making the decision to make this a priority. And I know for, especially for moms with young kids, um, honestly, actually what I see is with um, my friends, clients, students that have young kids, if they're, if they're taking the time to do the yoga with their kids, not they're not necessarily getting their own time per se, but they're modeling for their kids, which over time will hopefully start to change the tide and, and have a new generation that is better equipped to slow down. And ultimately by slowing down and being able to acknowledge when the mind is starting to tell its stories or they're in a dangerous situation that these young people will be able to respond rather than react, which 
ultimately leads us to a kinder world or may lead us to a kinder world. So it's important as parents um, to be good models for our children um, because honestly, I know my, I'll never forget my, one of my defining moments was when my, our youngest said to me, mom, you're not stressed anymore. It's so great. I can see the difference. And that was a combination of changing jobs, but most significantly, getting back to taking care of myself, whether it was doing um, regular workouts, um, but also the, the yogic practices. So Allison, you missed this a little bit. Um, well, you missed it at the beginning. Um, but when I was talking about how recently I started to feel like when I slow down my mind, I can't get my mind to slow down. Um, and so, well, I wasn't really thinking I'd say this here. I only think I've said it out loud one other time, but you know, whatever. So what I have been trying, so I've been like adding always so busy, so busy, so busy. And like adding things on my mind's always busy. When I'm busy, I'm sleeping and it's great. Great. Right. In quotes. Um, but I know I've been taking on too much. So I've been intentionally like not adding on and slowly shedding some small responsibilities. Um, and so like, I actually took vacation this year and I didn't, I checked my work email to like get rid of the junk, responded like two, but they weren't urgent. Um, and I even took a break from like the business. So since I started my business in 2019, even when I was on vacation, I used like my work vacations of time to like build on my business. And this year I just didn't. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with it. But what I found was that I, um, I think I have like either, I think I have like this, like I have some anxiety that I was filling my plate with so much stuff that I didn't know I had anxiety. So I'm starting to feel now that there's like more space in my mind, because I've stopped adding things and like just things I want to do. Like I want to be more involved in the community and our swim team and all these things. And I'm like, but I can't this year. I can't this year. And I like didn't do anything else. I didn't add anything. But now I'm like, I, I, I think, like there was this underlying issue that I was hiding with being busy, not intentionally, but now that I like, let, now my mind just keeps going and I have this like low lying, low level of like anxiety that I'm like, whoa, where'd this come from? I don't know. It could also be the pandemic, right? The timing, who knows? Um, but I, I am realizing this and I literally said it yesterday for the first time with my one girlfriend that we're talking about getting our mind clear. Um, and I will say the only time I feel like my mind was completely clear was I did a float in like a float spa where it's like the super salty water. And I think I talked about it on a previous episode, Allison, I don't remember if I did or not, but um, it was a strange experience because like you're in this like little cave and you're not wearing anything. And like, you're like, what if I fall asleep? Am I going to drown? Like, you're not going to drown, but well, I mean, I guess technically it's water and you could always drown in water, but um, I didn't. I did, I mean, I fell asleep, but I woke up the next day physically feeling, like I wake up kind of like an 80 year old woman, not, nothing wrong with 80 year old, like an, I woke up hunched over and like hobbled to the bathroom every morning. And then I take my leave and, and it's about an hour I feel better. Um, and that next morning I like, I didn't, but I felt like I was like skipping to the bathroom when I woke up in the morning. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. 
And I, I was just talking with my friend that I went with. I'm like, oh, we need to schedule another float to go back. Uh, it was like an odd experience being the first time because it was something new and different. And I was like, ah. um, but I felt aligned, like in all of the spaces, like the physical space. Like I seriously like woke up in the morning and stood straight up and I was like, whoa, I haven't done that for a long time. And I feel like giving that space because like I didn't have my watch on. I was like, am I supposed to take my watch off? She's like, you mean you want to not be distracted? I was like, I don't have my watch on. I don't even know what time it is. Like, this is just weird. <laughs> How will I survive without time? Um, but it was, I felt kind of what you're describing of like being put together or, you know, in alignment with my whole body and my mental self. For, it lasted for several days. Um, I don't know if there's a connection with like the float spot or just maybe just the idea of you're in a like enclosed area and there's nothing else bothering you. So you get that opera, you're like forced to just let it all go. Melissa, that's a great example. And that's a wonderful representation of why it's so important to take the time to slow down. And it doesn't have to be necessarily a slow yoga class. It can be a float spa, it can be a salt room, it could be a massage, anything for, for you that, <laughs> that gives you a safe place to feel that you can just let yourself surrender to the experience. So really, if that's one thing, um, you know, the, uh, the listeners can take away would be what in your life or where in your life can you find a safe space that gives you the opportunity to feel that you can completely um, release or completely relax and be connected to who you are truly inside. There's no external distractions. You're um, in, in, this, in this space with, um, it may be uncomfortable, but you're able to feel so comfortable enough to allow yourself uh, the opportunity to let your, th your thoughts go. I do wanna say though, I was thinking as I was saying that, I was remembering the Big Bang Theory um, episode where Amy and Sheldon go to the foot spa and Sheldon had an experience like you, Melissa, he was totally relaxed. But when Amy walked out, she was a hot mess because her mind had been going, 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 going. So my caution would be is understand that once you're quiet, your mind is going to become louder. Your thoughts are going to become louder. So there, that's the beautiful thing about yoga is you are guided and given tips and tricks to, of ways to come back to bring your mind focus back to either the sensations in your body or to your breath. Um, so that is one benefit to being in a yoga class that is focused on the slow um, mindfulness piece. Um, whereas if you're in a float tank and I've never done that before, it could be a challenge if you aren't able to find a way to be okay with your mind going and going and going and going. Yeah, it, 
the beginning, so they started, there was some music and then the music turned off and they played with the lights a little bit. And I was like, oh no, I'm not going completely dark. That was like way too much for me. So there's like above lights was the one that I was in above lights and below lights. And you could have them both on, one on, one off, vice versa, and then both off. They cycled the lights a little. So I don't remember which lights I picked, but then I laid there with one of the lights on and was just like mind going. And then like, all right, stop talking, stop talking. And I wasn't saying anything out loud, right? In my head, like, shut up. And I didn't tell myself to shut up, but I got it, you know. And then finally it was like, I, I like startled myself awake. And if you think about when you start it, you think like in a movie, like you sit up in my mind when I had these like startles awake, I felt like I should be sitting up, like <gasps> taking a big gasp of air, but I was like, but I'm in water, I can't sit up. Really, I would have just like sat up on like the bottom of the tank, but because it's only like 10 inches of water. But like, I woke up in this like panic of like, and then I was worried about what if I'm in here too long? Is like, she gonna come like open the door and like see me hanging out here? Or like, is there, they turn the music on and then I heard the music and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get out now. <laughs> um, it was definitely a cool experience. Uh, and I, I do want to go back. I went in May, so we're recording this in July. So it's definitely been time and just need to make the time to go back to that. But I feel like it was one that I could do without anyone watching me. Cause that's one of my challenges to do new things with people watching me gives me those butterflies in my stomach. I saw the butterflies and there was no one there, but uh, yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I, I loved all of our yin sessions we did with our workshop series. Like those were really great um, to do those too. So I think we've, in the past chakra episodes said, asked Dawn, um, what would be some things that we could do at home to help unblock this particular chakra? Oh, yes. And, would it involve um, multiple cats at all um, sitting on it, you? It, it could. It could. That's been really fun uh, to, to okay. see that. Um, it's really an opportunity to do things where you can connect to what you believe in, um, you know, to understand you know what with one of the elements being shaming that's a huge one um and to do things um to tell yourself i am worthy to do things that um that are are make you feel proud and not worrying about whether you're you're um making other not worrying about other people's opinions of whether they're proud of you, but to be proud of what you're doing for yourself, you are worthy. It's strengthening the core. So I mentioned sit-ups earlier. You could do the, the warrior series, which you could do in, in sitting in a chair too, but um, really focusing in on um, strengthening the core, which women we women need anyway. Um, the core is the balance center and, and I'm not even just talking the stomach, it's the obliques, it's pretty much the whole space from your, your collarbones to your, um, your pelvis. Um, and yeah, really taking time to get out into the sunshine or get outside, um, take deep breaths, 
a lot of the same things that you would do for the other chakras as well. But all of the grounding, um, so the three grounding chakras, the um, root, the sacral and the solar plexus connecting to the earth, maybe taking your shoes off and just putting your feet in the earth. Or if you're sitting in a chair, pushing your feet into the earth, um, connecting your sits bones to the earth, pulling yourself up, extending the spine, making yourself long. Um, those are all really good things to help ground the solar plexus and listen to your intuition. Trust that your body is, is giving you a signal that something may not be right. And trust the process of figuring out what that is. So as another tie-in to this, I just read this book um, with my book club for the second time, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And at the end of it, it talks like one of the last chapters, it talks about relationships and using emotional intelligence in relationships and how if something isn't right, your body will let you know. You will have unexplained aches and pains, illnesses, all kinds of things. And uh, when I read that, I was thinking back to the beginning of relationships I've had in the past and thinking how absolutely true that is. And that's your intuition speaking to you, telling you, put the brakes on. And how many times have we all ignored that? Um, stuff. I, I didn't hear you. Did you hear her, Dawn? No. There's somehow your sound didn't come You're, through. That uh -oh. last sentence. Oh, just the last sentence? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. just interesting how the intuition ties in everywhere. Um, there's a parenting coach I follow that talks about listening to your intuition with your kids and just, you know, everything and how, how much your body is in tune with, with your intuition to try to let you know, hey, this is not the right decision. And, and yet uh, so many times we still ignore it. Yeah, I feel like if that's one thing I could, you know, instill into my children is that intuition and trying being able to stand up to it when it comes down to peer pressure, kind of going in the mama route of, of, of all this, like the times I remember being, you know, a teenager and thinking like, oh, this is like not good. I probably shouldn't be here. And then didn't stand up to myself and for myself for whatever the reasons were, right? Um, that'd be one great thing to take that intuition feeling and use the questions. The, well, what do you feel about this? How do you feel? Do you think this is a good idea? Um, to get them to think those questions themselves. And, you know, my kids are four and six, so young enough to like maybe guide them like covertly. <laughs> um, obviously as your kids get older, you can have the straight conversation about it with them, but mine wouldn't, I don't think quite understand that yet, that feeling, um, that feeling. I mean, you just mentioning the feeling and I could feel the feeling. Like, even though like I have no reason to have a feeling, like, oh, I know that feeling. Like, but. Our bodies are smart, as Dawn said, they retain all of our experiences and emotional and physical and kind of our bodies are impressive works of art. So. 
I think that's a huge takeaway for me too, that I just keep being told that over and over and over how your body knows it knows just listen to it. And that's not something I would have been open. I would have laughed at that 10 years ago. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But, um, as I've gotten older and had more experiences, it's 100% true. So many things tied together. So I think, you know, do yoga with your kids. Are you going to do kids yoga again, Dawn? No. I, I, if there's an interest, um, I would consider it. Um, so if anybody is interested, um, shoot me a message and, or, you know, um, comment on any of the posts for this podcast. And, you know, I, I certainly would, would look into that. So comment with, if you're interested, what days and times are good and we can go from there and, and tell me what time zone you're in too. So <laughs> that would be, that would be helpful um, as well. Cause I am, as Melissa mentioned, I'm in the Pacific time zone. So um, that offers a few uh, challenges with the, um, the classes, but I do everything on online. So it would be virtual. Yeah, I know I enjoyed the uh, kids yoga we did with you. I don't even know, what was that? Eight months ago, maybe last fall? It, yeah, it was last fall. I think it was October. I did it. It's definitely yeah. fun with the kids. Um, and in that note, um, I think we are approaching an hour, if not over to you know respect everyone's time. Um, where, what else do you offer and how can, could our listeners get in touch with you? Sure. I have um, several group classes. I think I'm at five group classes uh, in the yin style and a relax and restore, which is a combination of slow movement and restorative inspired where you use props um, group classes. And I do offer uh, private lessons as well. And you can find me at www.dawnhaywood.com h-e-y-w-o-o-d.com and I'm also on Facebook as well so I look forward to seeing you all I also have a um, an Instagram handle at dawn's yoga underscore and underscore wellness and we'll so dawn's have yoga and wellness and we'll have those linked in the show notes too so if you're listening to this while driving you don't need to type that down you can just come back to the show notes and click those links. All right. Anything else you'd like to leave us with the solar plexus? No, just um, be patient with yourself. There's, this is a, a lifelong process and there is no quick fix. So I just invite you to enjoy the ride and to be present in the moment as often as you can. Thank you. All right. I have one last question to leave everyone hanging. What is the next chakra for the next time you're on? Oh, the next chakra is the heart chakra. Oh. So this one's beautiful. So a lot of, a lot of good, um, good material and, and things for the heart chakra. So that's what's it, next. And is it green? It is green. All I'm right. pretty sure. Let me, I could actually double check that right now. Yellow and then green. Is that the right order of the rainbow? Yeah, it oh. should be. Roy G. Biv. Yeah. yeah, it's green. It's Yay. great. I know my rainbow. <laughs> All right. Red, orange, yellow, blue. 
green, indigo, violet. Yep. Um, That's right. Um, I Good. Oh, I don't even think I knew that when I was a kid. I just now know it that I have a kid. All right. Well, as always, Dawn, thank you so much for joining us. And she was up and ready at 5 a.m. today, her local time. So thank you. You're welcome. Seeing this work, I love talking to you about all things with the chakras as like, you know, where we start. So until next time, we'll come back with the heart chakra with you and we'll be back next week with another episode. The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sroby. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook group, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com.